Guests in my podcast are like my coffee, strong, flavorful, and they always brighten my day. We have amazing conversations over coffee. We cover everything from growth to inspiring communities, empowering customers, and sharing exceptional leadership moments. In this season, we're hosting incredible leaders whose journeys inspired me to keep growing and learning every day. I'm Iman, and I welcome you to my podcast, Coffee With Me, Leaders of Change. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my latest episode. I'm super excited to have with me today Christina Teo, the founder and chief builder at She1K, the world's first and only corporate executive angel network with 50% female representation. Christina was recognized as one of LinkedIn top voices in 2020, and she continues to make waves in women groups worldwide. She's a strong proponent of women empowerment through her Women Changemakers community events. She guest speaks and judges at many events globally. A noted tech veteran in leadership PNR roles, she has scored many firsts, including being the first GM of Yahoo Singapore and launching the world's first window-based smartphone in, at O2. As you can tell, Christina brings with her a stellar corporate career spanning technology.com and mobile in pioneering roles in, in Europe and Asia. And I cannot wait to learn more about her leadership journey so far. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thank you very much for having me, Imain. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a seat. Why not? Christina, welcome again. Thank you, Imain. Okay, so I wanted to start this podcast with going a little bit back in your career journey. You've been in Paris, you've been in New York, you've been everywhere globally, and then you came back to Singapore. I'm really keen to understand your, this journey and how did you feel about that and how did it impact you personally? At the age of 23, I was already an expatriate. Uh, in Taiwan, and I covered uh, both Asia Pacific and the rest of the world uh, besides Europe and United States. With no technical background, uh, I was in a sales role for computers, okay? And after that, Acer was very nice. I got posted to Paris and Milan, right, for European jobs, and after that, P&L role. So I started also very young, uh, carrying P&L at the age of maybe 29. So that's really unheard of in my time. Right? We're talking about decades ago. I'm one of the lucky ones who've always been headhunted for a role and always for a role that I've never done before. That's growth mindset right there. Yeah, so my, my, my secret sauce is really like, take the opportunity first, right? Then figure out how you're gonna live up to that. So from there, of course, I work with IBM, DAC, 3Com, and it's always at the forefront of the next technology breakthrough, right? So then after that, when I realized .com is really the next big thing, I was so lucky to take the, the first GM of Yahoo Singapore role. But at that time, I didn't even know what was Yahoo. I didn't even use the internet, right? So uh, really daring to take that, right? And of course, my best role, I think, was launching the world's first Windows smartphone, right? When I joined O2, that, that role and that opportunity wasn't even there. So I was there at the right time at the right place, okay? And then uh, they spin off into O2, which it was British Telecoms, who spin off to O2. And 
you know, there was no one else. So they said, you, go do it, right? You and you many. said yes. Yes, of course, right? And in fact, I didn't even know what I was getting into. Uh, there were two lawyers who were supposed to fly to Taiwan to negotiate with the manufacturer. I mean, we didn't manufacture the phone ourselves. And of course, it was Windows, you know, licensed for Microsoft. And when I went there, it was really because I could speak Mandarin. So they said, okay, you're going to be a spy for us and you're going to help the lawyers understand these Taiwanese people. And I was really happy because I worked for a Taiwanese company for seven years before that, right? So this was really in you my alley. You know the alley. culture. Exactly, in my alley. So, so I, I didn't know what they were talking about, honestly. All I hear was bugs, right? So one bug, two bugs, and I go like, and it was a very awful looking phone in a way that's clunky and stuff like that. But I had nothing else to sell in the company. So I go like, no, no, I, I want that, right? And they say, oh, you people in Asia, you have to wait because we're really late in Europe. But I was blessed again, right? So the, the founder of HTC who manufactured the phone, somehow he just liked me. He said, okay, I give you four countries, which would you pick? And without any knowledge, I just picked Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Australia. Yeah, and I was based in Hong Kong. So of course, Hong Kong was my first launch platform, right? And actually, most of my career I built in Hong Kong. So I lived there for a good 20 years or so. I arrived on the day of Hanover, right, in Hong Kong. And so Hong Kong is really like second home, if not first, in a way. And then, you know, really, I, after when I turned 40, I decided that uh, I need to look at my personal life because I work on a seven-day week uh, all the time, every year of my life. But, you know, how many people can be so lucky to be always there at the right time, at the right place, to experience every technology breakthrough, even without any technical background? Right. So I think because of that, uh, I find that it is really important that I give back. Yes. Yeah. So when my mom got a little bit older, I decided to come back to Singapore for good. And that was seven years ago? Seven years ago. How, how is it going so far? So, you know, I was expecting nothing. Uh, I was already retired for a second time for eight years before coming back. So I had no idea, never heard of the word startup. I also thought that I'm obsolete, right? Which is the digital world is not for me. So I didn't have to look, yeah? So when I came back, I just thought, you know, just, just be happy. This watch, is it. Yeah, watch Netflix at home, drink wine, be happy, right? Uh, and what happened? Then one day, I don't know, I said to myself that I need a purpose. Without a purpose, I will be tempted to leave again. And then who's going to take care of my mom, right? So then one day I stumbled into this word startup, right? Remember, I don't come from a generation of digital native Google search and stuff. So it's not common for me to stumble even, right? So when I stumble, I go like, okay, enough of excuses. If you want to find a purpose, you've got to go out there, okay? So went to this slush event. It is the world's largest startup community, and they organize the largest you know, innovative events around the world, done by volunteers. So I was curious, so I went. Oh my God, it blew my mind, right? I thought it would be just another trade show, but it's not. It was spectacular, and I met a lot of entrepreneurs. But it was also then that I realized, who am I? You know, I can't go tell people I'm ex-Yahoo, ex-IBM, XO2, right? So there was no reason for people to stay connected with me. So then I realized, oh, 
Now, I'm too old to knock on doors, okay? So what I did, I was 53, so I said, okay, I'm going to make people come to me. And honestly, I've not started any communities before. I've never led any community. And hence, she won K... Uh, Even before that, before I did Asia Corporate Women, Startup Asia Women. Because seven years ago, the, the emphasis on women was almost zilch. I did a quick search on the internet and I say, how come no women think, right? And for me, it was not just about empowering women. It was because, selfish, I wanted to learn. So I wanted more people to learn together with me. I figured that if I am actually looking out for new opportunities, there will be many other people like me. People younger or people like me, in transition, retired, how can they have a second chance? So that's why I created a community. So Shiwon K wasn't born yet. Shiwon K is only born like four years ago. So, you know, um, I love, I love what, you, what you shared and hence I, I didn't want to interrupt you to ask questions. But essentially at that time, seven years ago or six years ago, when you found your purpose, it was about creating community to learn about startups. Yes. And then you, you found out that there aren't many about women. Yes. And also very little opportunity even for women who wanted to have a career in startups. You don't need to be just a founder. You could also have a career in startups. I felt that there was really no content at that time, seven years ago, on the internet. So I said, you know, but men were always invited to my events as yes. well, right? I've yes. always made all my events inclusive. Yes. But the content really was about how do you get involved in startups? You know, how do you learn the ropes of a startup? How can you scale a startup? So I was very interested in all those topics. And then she one k was born. So after three years of networking, running a lot of events, there was one year I ran even 40 events in a year, right? Because I'm on a roll, right? If I want to do something... That's it, you found your purpose. Yes. After three years of networking and a lot of learning, I said, hey, mm, this is becoming not that meaningful. Because if I learn so much, but I'm not applying the knowledge, it's not of any use. So that's when I started looking at angel investing. And that's also when I realized that I can't do it alone, right? Because I don't have the kind of corporate income anymore. And even if I had, we have more power in numbers, right? And I also miss getting connected with the corporate world. So this was my reason, my excuse to connect with C-suite executives. I didn't have any other reason. So I said, okay, I'm going to use this, right? Because I wanted other C-suite executives to share the same excitement and same kind of thrill I've experienced learning about this new world. And how did it um, happen so far? Did, do you find a lot of C-suite really keen and curious as yourself? One thing helps, right? Because I came from that world. So when I talk to them, they immediately feel comfortable yes. and have a certain level of confidence. So I'm not just some young startup fly by night that's approaching them, right? The other thing was maybe it was the, my pitch, right? My pitch was really like, hey, we've all had stellar careers. So what about giving back together with me, right? And the other thing was also, what could they take out of it, right? I say, look. What's in it for them? Exactly. It's a very different kind of networking. You're going to meet other peers because I'm very strict about who enters this network, right? So they're going to meet executive peers, people who also have had the corporate DNA, 
that I so value. And then uh, you have a common purpose to really engage with startups, understand the innovation, stay abreast, because there are a lot of executives who come from you know, big companies, yes. and they've been in the same company for 30 years. So really, they don't have this kind of opportunity of putting themselves out there. For them, they need to really take time. So how can they go to a place where they, have, they feel is trusted, is a safe space for them to learn? So of course, I wanted them to contribute, but to be honest, I think they're learning more from it. And I uh, really reached out to them and they were all really, really very receptive. Of course, you know, there is a difference, I would say, between male C-suite executives and women C-suite executives. The concept of angel investing, uh, somehow, you know, I think the men did respond a little bit faster. Do you see a progress in that with the female C-suite? Um, I, I think that I have found some really stellar women C-suites, right, who was like all in and they have followed me every season. And I've done nine seasons of a program called C-Sharp Tank. For us, we make it as to a real um, you know, intensive learning program and learning together, right? So I think there are quite a good number of female executives who said, I want to be part of that kind of a group, right? But I would still say the general percentage is very challenging for women executives, even if they're interested, because after travel, uh, they do want to spend time with their kids during the weekends. By the way, the same actually for the men as well, right? The fathers also want to do the same, but somehow I can still steal their time a little bit easier. That's awesome, that's awesome. And uh, you know, switching gears to being a leader and being Thinkfluencer. Uh, I want to know more about the Thinkfluencer and also your advice and tips to up-and-coming influencers in the world? Well, don't know if I really call, qualify as a influencer, but yes, I do kind of like to share my thoughts. And of course, again, LinkedIn is my, is my platform. And I learned it all by just observing what other people do, but still being very authentic to myself, whereby I don't do what I, I don't feel right, right? So I don't observe everything. I kind of figure out what's right and what's not right for me. I think the startup, being involved in the startup world has definitely you know, quickened my pace even far more than I already was very fast in the corporate world because I was always launching new product categories. You were always on the go. Yeah, so you cannot, you know, when you're launching the world's first smartphone, you, you really don't have time. What is very encouraging in the startup world is it's not a closed world. People are very willing to connect you to other people. People are very willing to share their ideas. So that inspired me, right? So because before, when you're corporate trained, you learn not to say a lot of things. You're not supposed to be a spokesperson of your company, right? So there are a lot of things you hold back. Uh, you don't pre-launch things, right? So in the startup world, we learn how to do that. And we also learn how to do that in bites, right? In micro bites because nowadays people don't have that much attention span. So how do you kind of share your thoughts more concisely, right? And, and regularly. Exactly. The, yeah, you can't be a influencer as, as a one-shot thing, right? Even if maybe your first post got a lot of people engaging with you, but it's really being consistent. And I don't like to also call it personal branding because I think it's, it then kind of defeats the purpose, right? 
It's less about you. It's more about what is it that you can offer other people so that you can elevate them, right? And all of us kind of work harder for the planet. That's incredible. That's incredible. You know, I have my favorite question, and we discussed in one of our meetups that you have a controversial point of view about it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yes. So what would you tell your 20-year-old self should you go back in time and talk to her? One thing I do regret, though, that, that in my 20s, I did not network, right? So that's why now I'm like catching up with lost time. And it was going to New York that changed my life. Uh, so when I retired, which means also I would encourage some people sometimes take a few years away, it's fine. Right? Because after I went to New York for four and a half years, I actually got my last corporate job stint, which was the CMO of a mobile service provider in Hong Kong called CSL. And so even after being away for four and a half years, I could still land a job that I had no experience for. So it really doesn't hurt. But the kind of stuff that I learned in New York is far different from what you can learn in school and what you could learn in corporate life when you're so busy putting off fires. So you would tell your younger self, A, really go out more, network, right? Build stronger connections. And connections is about you giving, not just you taking. Yeah. So I started my career always, you know, very focused on a career. But now I'm so eager to learn. So I think everybody in their 20s go out and learn, learn from other people. You've got more resources than we've ever had. So you definitely don't waste it, right? Put yourself out there. The job is important, but actually what you learn outside the job is far more important. I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, this year is your 60th year. <laughs> yes. Wishing you an early happy birthday. Thank you. What's next? Oof. That's a really um, tough question. Actually, I've never planned my entire life, my entire career. But I would say that right now, I'm very comfortable with having, you know, a syndicate, a community of 160 C-suite executives. What I want to do is now spend more time abroad, actually, next year. And I want to meet more executives around the world because I want to pave the way to help, you know, the 29 startups that we have in our portfolio. Right? So now I want to focus on the startups that we've already invested in. And I want to connect in ways that is going to bring more value to them. Christina, there is no stopping you back. There's nothing. Well, I still can. I am always inspired in an awe about your energy and purpose. And, uh, you know, you went to retirement twice and you came back from retirement to continue your purpose. So really inspiring journey. And, you know, thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having me and giving me this platform to be able to share more thoughts and more insights and more feelings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching us. Please connect with Christina in LinkedIn. It's her platform and playground. See you in my next episode.